Hello again. Welcome back. This is the NBA Boys Podcast. As always, I am your host, Fletch. Today, I'm very, very excited, as always I am with all my guests, but I've got someone on the podcast that I haven't seen in just about a full calendar year um, ever since the, the reaping day that was March 12th, 2020, um, Joe Salaturo. How's it going? Fletch, how are you doing? Uh, I mean, this podcast has definitely helped uh, improve overall interest and competitiveness within the league, uh, so I definitely appreciate you having me on. Uh, also, you said the other week that you try to plan your guests uh, to be on the podcast at the right time. Uh, with me being two and eight now, two and eight, uh, I, I don't think there's a better time to have me on. Uh, today's a little bit of a bittersweet day for my team, uh, as we will get into, uh, but definitely happy to be here. Yeah, I'm happy to have you on. Um, I didn't plan for this to happen. <laughs> you know, I, know. I, I wanted I mean, to get you on before you were mathematically eliminated. Exactly. And- That's what I was texting you. I was like, you got to have me on before I'm, I'm eliminated. And I mean, as we'll get into, uh, shocker to, to many people, maybe news, uh, I am officially eliminated. Um, but hey, we're here. I'm still staying competitive. Uh, spirits are high for next year. There you go. You know, we, you are the big winner for this week. And we'll get into that <laughs> when we go into our matchups. But yep. a very exciting episode for everyone listening. Um, we actually have some breaking news as well. Uh, I had a, an owner from one of our clubs call in just as I was getting things prepared for tonight. He said, hey, Fletch, I, I've got a, a statement for you to read. So I'll, I'll read the statement later on as we get through and <laughs> after we you know, talk to Joe about his team. Um, but it's, it's some interesting stuff to, to keep you listening. So, Joe, let's turn things back over to you. Like I said, um, and, and for those that don't know Joe and myself's relationship as well, Joe and I were coworkers for the Yankees, and the last time I seen him was March 12th, which was that reaping day, and, and we saw the, the whole world explode. Um, yep. But Joe, Joe was with me. As we worked in group sales, he sat two seats down for me. So it's really good to see you here tonight, Joe. Yeah, definitely. Um, thinking back to that day, March 12th, you know, what, what were some of the thoughts running through your head? I know one of the big moments for me was Rudy Gobert joking about COVID yeah. and touching all yeah. the microphones. End up having, having COVID that night. Um, but Joe, like, what were some of your past memories from that day? That was insane. I just, I remember us all like sitting in the office and we all got the notification that the NBA season was suspended and we were yeah. all just like, what the heck? The NBA season is suspended. Like, obviously that's something that we've never heard of. I yeah. mean, other than like lockouts or, or whatever, stuff like that. Uh, I mean, being suspended because of, because of a virus that was going around, like it was just something that was never heard of, obviously. Um, but no, it was insane. I mean, and then just getting sent home and life definitely changed. Uh, have to make the most of it um yeah that was that was a wild day yeah it really was it was like it was very surreal um you didn't know what to do with yourself exactly we we didn't know what to do i know <laughs> trying to sell for baseball tickets that yep. which was the season was starting in about a month you yeah know, we can't call people because this is on everyone's mind exactly. um and it was just very surreal we went home with the information that, hey, you know, we're going to be working from home Friday, maybe Monday, we'll let you know. Um, and now flashback to, and flash flash up to today, uh, still working from home, nothing <laughs> has changed. Um, yeah. So it's pretty wild how that worked out. Yeah. But Joe, let's uh, change gears here, talk about your team and the yeah. season you've had so far. I know at this point, mathematically, <laughs> not going to make a playoff push. Yeah. Um, but you did make a big move in the middle of the season. So talk I to did. me about the team that you have now. Talk to me if things had gone your way, what are some moves you might have done differently? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, in terms of what I did in the draft, uh, I know we'll we'll probably get into that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but the team that I have currently, uh, I mean, honestly, I've had a lot of tough breaks. Uh, I know Bilu talked about it. Kappa talked about it. Um, Bilu beat me by a single three-pointer. Um, that was a grind, that matchup. Uh, going into Sunday, he picked up, uh, I think it was Kelly Olenek. Uh, so I matched him um, by picking up, I think it was Doug McDermott. Uh, and then like five minutes later, he picked up Kendrick Nunn. Mm. And I was like, God damn it. I was like, I need to pick up people that are going to hit threes. And he was just matching it and picking up even more people that were going to hit threes. 
So I actually had to drop Darius Baisley, who I did not, I did not want to drop. He's not a big name, uh, but he was somebody that I picked up after the draft and before the season even started. Uh, and he definitely helped me out in the categories that my team uh, is good in. Um, and then Bilu hit me with the double singer by then picking up Darius Baisley and stealing him from me. Uh, so shout out Bilu for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then the following week, Kappa beat me by a single steal. And then the week after that, Handel beat me by half of a free throw or half of a field goal percentage. So that was just three back-to-back-to-back weeks that just like dug me a, a grave and just buried me right in it. But um, I mean, in terms of the team, like you, you've talked about on the podcast before, like my team is big man heavy mm, and it's big time. man heavy with a lot of really solid bigs. I mean, starting off with Joel Embiid, um, I mean, he's someone I took 12th overall and I wasn't really sure just with his injury history. Um, but so far this season, he's somehow only missed six games. Um, even tonight, he was listed as highly questionable, but he's in the starting lineup. Uh, so that's what it, that's kind of what it's been the whole year uh, with uh, Joel Embiid. But then I got Kristaps Porzingis, Rudy Gobert, uh, and like you were saying, with the trade, traded for Aiton and Holmes. Um, so, I mean, I do well in the categories that I do well in, um, but – everything else is kind of just mediocre. Yeah. It's um, putting yourself in this position, having this many bigs, you know, you really solidify yourself in certain categories and you just have to punt the rest um, exactly. and pretty much hope for the best. So yep. talking about your draft, not sure if you got the chance to look at the draft recap and who you picked when um, you had a tough spot. You had the, the number 12 pick, which is yep. that's the swing around. Um, it's a really tough spot to be in in a draft because you, yeah. you miss out on a lot of big first round names you kind of have to make uh, a little bit of a jump going into the second round having the 12 and 13 pick like it seems like every other round you have to kind of make a jump pick to kind of get in front of everyone else exactly. and, you know, and get yourself head and shoulders above the field yeah. looking at that draft recap like what are some things you you think you did well who are some players that you wouldn't have picked yeah, I mean, I honestly think I messed up in the second round. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, like you're saying, back-to-back picks, it's definitely tough. Uh, like you're saying, you got to kind of reach for certain players, right? even if you don't want to make the reach. Um, and kind of, you just got to be smart with your entire draft. Um, and kind of when I go into the draft, obviously you don't know who people in front of you are going to pick. And especially in the first round, um, I kind of just see who I get and then try to like make decisions on the fly to build around that player. Mm. Um, I think you had the 11th pick, correct? I did. Yeah. I was right before you. Yeah. And you got Trey Turner or Trey Turner. I'm talking baseball. (laughs) (laughs) You got Trey Young. Um, And honestly, if you didn't pick him, uh, I would have picked him. And then my entire draft would have been completely different. Um, But since I went with Embiid, obviously, I mean, he's getting you points. He's getting you blocks. He's getting you boards. Uh, and he's getting you solid uh, percentages. So with my 13th or with the 13th pick uh, in the second round, I took Westbrook knowing that he was going to miss back-to-backs and also knowing that I had Embiid with the injury history. So right there, that was kind of a huge risk on my end. Um, But I don't know. I kind of, one of my mistakes in the draft is that I kind of tried to do well in every category, knowing that come the end of the season, there's going to be categories that you are punting. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the draft, I probably should have realized that and probably should have said, okay, Embiid is only going to get maybe three, four assists a game if he's passing a lot. So to reach and take – or I don't even know if it was a reach, maybe it was to take Westbrook, that kind of wasn't – the best move because I don't need his 12 assists a game to go with Embiid if that's the plan that I'm going with. Um, But I mean, then later in the draft, like third and fourth round uh, took Harris took Gobert. So I was definitely taking those big man stats um, and all those guys don't get assists. So again, that Westbrook pick was probably a mistake. Yeah, that that's good. uh, Good reflection of yourself in your draft. It's, it's tough to judge when you're sitting in the drafts position. Yep. You're, you're there that night and you've done 
you know, however much studying and preparing you want to do for a draft. Um, it just, sometimes it doesn't turn out the way you want it to. Sometimes players play above where they're projected. Sometimes they don't play to that level. Joel yeah. Embiid being one that definitely exceeded expectations this year. And he's looking like a possible MVP candidate this season. He's the number two ranked player in fantasy. He's been everything that you could have asked Russell Westbrook being the complete opposite. Yeah. Um, ESPN's got him ranked as the 54th player, 54th ranked point guard at this point. Um, and he's playing for Shokan's team. You, you made the, <laughs> the smart decision of yeah. shipping him. Um, I will say though, one of the reasons, because I was honestly shipping Westbrook really hard. Uh, I know everybody listening to this, I probably reached out to half the league trying <laughs> to trade away Westbrook and not a single soul was biting on Westbrook. Um, but then Shokan actually reached out to me about a trade, but he wasn't even interested in Westbrook. He was, he was more interested in my thoughts on Chris Boucher. Hmm. Um, and then I kind of just threw in Westbrook's name just to see what his thoughts were. And he was, he was all for it. So I was like, okay, like, let's try to make something happen. Hmm. Um, but as soon as I traded Westbrook, he just like started playing in back-to-backs. And I was like, what the? I was like, yeah. one of the reasons why I was trying to trade him was because he was missing all those back-to-back games, but Hey, you win some, you lose some. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it goes with trades as well as much as draft picks. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, um, yep. thinking about trades and, and how things have panned out this year. Um, if, if you think about like Ian and Haniel's trade, uh, yep. I, I coined that as a fleece back then. And you know what? I feel like I need to take that back and apologize <laughs> to Daniel because uh, this past week, Ian dropped Brooke Lopez, who I'm sure yep. was uh, a big, a, a big waiver ad candidate this morning and, and last night. Um, yeah. And Andrew Wiggins has not had a good February. So I, sure. I'm not sure if Ian going back would make the move that he did. Um, yeah. But keeping things on your team, um, who on your team has surprised, disappointed you to this point? It could be the player, the teams and the players that you drafted, or it could be the players that you have now on your squad. Yeah. Um, so a couple of players that I'd say surprised me. Um, I wouldn't say Embiid surprised me with the stats that he's putting up, but like I mentioned earlier, I think it is a little bit surprising at how little time he's actually missed. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's been tagged with so many injuries this year, but he's just he's just playing through all of them, um, whether that's because the Sixers are up there as one of the best teams in the East uh, and they want to just keep uh, making that push, uh, or if the injuries just aren't really as serious as they like say in reports. Um, but I think that's that was a big surprise for me. Um, Porzingis, uh, I took him in the sixth round, I think. Um, and some people were saying it was a reach just because of the injury that he was recovering from, but he actually made a pretty quick recovery as well. Um, and he's playing it back to back. So, I mean, he was definitely a surprise just in terms of how quick I got his production. Um, and then probably my biggest surprise was Chris Boucher, who mm. obviously is now on Shokan's team. Um, but I was big into him last year. Uh, I mean, I was watching him all the time, but Nick Nurse just never gave him minutes. So on a per minute basis, his stats were ridiculous, especially in blocks, but he, he was only playing like 15 minutes a game. Um, but I mean, this season, he's, he's still not playing 30 minutes, but playing mid to high 20s, uh, he's definitely really solid and probably the most improved player. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, on Basketball Monster, he's ranked as the 41st ranked player in fantasy. You got him in with the 156th pick. Yeah. You really can't ask for better value than that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, and so speaking more towards, hey, you liked Chris Boucher in the, fa- in the past, um, and he was someone that you targeted this year with a late flyer. What are some other players that, hey, you might not pick up on your team this year, but – next year when the draft rolls around again who's someone that you would take a flyer on or even someone that's been like mid-level this year that you think could get a really high pick next year yeah um so i actually have a few rookies um on this list uh i mean first i'm very curious what happens with uh the magic backcourt um with Fultz coming back next year and also having cole anthony um I mean, Cole Anthony, I think that was a great pickup for Coots. Uh, I mean, obviously he's injured now, 
um, and on the waiver wire. But when Coots got him, that was definitely a really good pickup. Um, so I'll, I'll definitely be looking to see what the Magic do during the offseason, see if, if they make any moves uh, or just see what they plan on doing with their lineup. Um, another guy is Killian Hayes. Uh, I know you, I think you picked him up in the draft. Yeah, I was big on yeah. Killian Hayes. Yeah, so he's definitely somebody that I'm going to look at. Um, I mean, especially now D Rose is gone. Uh, I mean, Killian Hayes should be their starting point guard. Um, we'll see what actually happens, but he's definitely a guy. I mean, I'm not looking at him as like a high draft pick, uh, but somebody like in the later rounds just to see uh, if he could come out and have like pretty solid production. Mm -hmm. um, and then Nikhil Alexander-Walker, um, I'm definitely going to be looking at him. I know there's been a lot of trade buzz going around with the Pelicans in terms of their guards. Uh, and I think some of like the higher ups in, in the Pelicans organization want Alexander-Walker to get more minutes. Um, so I'm definitely looking to see what uh, New Orleans does in the offseason, see if they trade Lonzo Ball, see if they get rid of Bledsoe. Because uh, if Alexander Walker is going to get 30 minutes a game, then he's definitely somebody that I'm going to be looking at. Yeah, absolutely. The um, New Orleans Pelican situation is also interesting to me. I have been looking at Kyra Lewis this season a little bit, and he was yeah. starting to get more minutes. There was talks of, hey, he might start over Bledsoe. Um, and it doesn't look like that's actually going to happen, but he's someone that I definitely want to keep in mind. Um, and a bigger name player on the Pelicans is, is Zion. I yeah. mean, the way he's been playing lately, he's <laughs> I know. like a first, maybe first, but probably like a second round pick target for next yeah. year. And he's made leaps and bounds for, for what he was in his rookie season. So, oh, yeah. um, no, he's been a beast for annual. He's been, yeah. he's been really good. He just yeah. makes people look like children out there on the court. <laughs> Seriously, he's, he's one of the reasons why Daniel took the win this week. Yeah. Um, but very interesting. I liked your, uh, I liked your insight there as well. Um, so, Joe, now that your team is technically eliminated, <laughs> like where, where do you go with this season? What do you do for the, pat for the next three weeks? You know, I was thinking about this. I'm definitely going to still be making pickups. Uh, the people that I'm playing for the for the ne next three weeks, I, I know I'm versing uh, JP now. I think I verse Bilu, uh, and who else do I play? And I play Benny uh, next week or in, in two weeks because of All Star break. Mm. Um, but I'm I'm definitely gonna be making pickups, and I'm still trying to win whether I'm in it or out. Uh, so if you verse me, it's it's not gonna just be a easy win. I mean, even though my record might be two and eight, it might seem like <laughs> like it would be an easy win. Uh, but I'm still gonna try, uh, and I'm I'm gonna try to to I don't know. I'm just gonna try to win and see if I could shake up the playoff picture at all. I love that, Joe. That's a great <laughs> attitude to have. Yeah, just stick with it, shake things up. I'm probably gonna have to do the same thing. My team's only a game and a half ahead of yours. I'm probably <laughs> going to be eliminated here pretty soon. Um, but yeah, I, I, that's the best attitude to have. Just stick yeah. with it. Keep making pickups. Whatever guys you have, other people can't have. Exactly. Um, <laughs> maybe we can get JP into the playoffs or yeah. we can get Bilu in there. So yeah, exactly. It'll be interesting to watch. And so speaking of those pickups, Joe, let's go through some of the waiver wire. I've talked before how I, I think that you're, being, you know, being a really experienced manager past seasons, you've grinded it out and you've made really good pickups, made your team substantially better to actually find success in this league. Talk me through your pickup strategy, especially at this point. I know the waiver wire is a little bit dry, but there's yeah. things to find. Of course. Um, so, I mean, my waiver wire strategy, um, as pretty much everybody has said, is just looking to see who's playing high minutes. Uh, I mean, that's what you need to get the stats. Um, but also one of my big uh, strategies is just looking at the opponent that I'm playing. Um, I mean, if it's like Wednesday, Thursday, obviously if a matchup isn't close, I'm not going to pick up a player or like if a category isn't close, I'm not going to pick up a player that's going to help me in that category. Mm. Um, and if even going into the week, if I'm versing someone that is pretty close to me in a category, then throughout the week, I'm going to be looking for that category. Um, but like for me, I'm last in steals and assists. So on the waiver wire, I'm rarely looking for players that are going to get me steals or assists. 
Mm. Um, I mean, if there's a player due to like injury or anything like that, that is now going to be really, really good or going to be getting a lot of usage or minutes or anything, then I obviously will consider picking them up. Um, but other than that, uh, I pretty much minutes and I'd say looking at my opponent uh, and kind of just making pick pickups based off what they're good in and what they're not good in. Hmm, interesting. Um, and question for you, how often do you take the schedule for each player into consideration? Uh, I definitely consider the schedule. Um, I mean, hmm. if I have like a full lineup on a Monday, Wednesday, and there's like people that I'm looking at on the waiver wire where some play say Monday, Wednesday, others play Tuesday, Thursday. I'm definitely going to favor the players that play Tuesday, Thursday, because my lineup isn't going to be as heavy that week or those two days. Um, or if a player has four games as opposed to three games, uh, I definitely take all that into consideration, uh, especially with me, with the record that I have, I need as many players as I could have to kind of boost my stats um, yeah. So I, I definitely take a look at the schedule and kind of put that into consideration. Yeah, that's smart. It, it's in your position. You basically have to claw through any yep. player that <laughs> you could possibly have make an improvement on your team. Um, yep. Schedule being one of those two, it goes hand in hand with minutes. Yeah. A player plays four times in a week. Obviously he's going to be a little bit more valuable if, versus a player that plays three times. Um, yeah. Another tactic that I have tried to incorporate this season a little bit is with so many back-to-backs this year, mm -hmm. there has been some teams that get the back-to-back -back on a weekend. So if I can hold off on adding somebody and save maybe a, a guy on my team that maybe is a little bit better during the week. And then when Friday comes, if there's a player with a Saturday, Sunday back-to-back, -back, even if they're maybe marginally worse than my 13th best player on my team. I'll switch that person out because of that back-to-back -back and having the double amount of playing time there. So right. that's something that as we flip into the second half of the NBA calendar, everyone should be aware of is, Hey, like who, what are my back-to-backs this upcoming week? What are some week beginning back-to-backs like a, a Sunday, Monday, or even end of the week, the Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, um, sure. And talking about, players on the waiver wire specifically joe some people have been keeping cards to their chest others have been very open with their watch list um give me some names what what are some players you're targeting yeah or in the coming future so a few players that i am looking at um are, honestly aren't even playing right now they're they're all out <laughs> um but i mean like i mentioned cole anthony earlier uh, he's definitely on my watch list because, uh, I mean, he's going to be coming back right after All-Star break, hopefully. Um, and Fultz is still out for the year. So, I mean, when he comes back, he's probably still going to walk into the starting role, still walk into uh, a nice uh, amount of minutes. Um, so he's definitely on my watch list. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich. Uh, I was very curious to see what he would do in Atlanta this year. Um, but obviously, he's been out with the injury. Uh, and I know the Hawks has, have even gotten a few players back from injury. Um, so I probably am not picking him up until he is back and has played a couple games just to see what uh, he's doing and what his role is. Um, he's definitely on my watch list. Uh, and even DeMarcus Cousins. Uh, I mean, on Houston with uh, Christian Wood, he wasn't getting that many minutes. Um, and honestly, with all of his injuries, it's fair to – wonder what his capabilities even are if he does walk into a full-time role um but he's definitely on my watch list just to see what happens with him um but a few players that uh are currently playing uh and not out um i'd say isaiah stewart uh is somebody that i'm looking at um he's gotten double digit boards in three straight games uh and i mean boards is my my category uh so i'm definitely looking at him um his minutes have his minutes have also been increasing uh, one block a game, 50% from the field. Uh, and Dorian Finney-Smith uh, is also another guy. I picked him up the other day or last week, whenever it was. He didn't really do much for me, uh, but he's a player that plays 30, 35 minutes a game. Uh, so he's always going to be there on my watch list. Nice. Very cool. Yeah, I like the, um, the thought on DeMarcus Cousins. You know, it's tough to see what his role would be on a team that picks him up. But – I mean, it's DeMarcus Cousins. The dude was a former all-star. He, he's a big name in the league. And 
you know, it's worth a shot. It's worth just yeah. keeping an eye on. Um, exactly. What is your take on Hassan Whiteside? Because I think he would also kind of fall into that DeMarcus Cousins category where, hey, if the trade deadline rolls around and Hassan Whiteside get moved, gets moved and can actually get minutes somewhere, it's worth a pickup on this guy because we've saw yeah. we've seen recently it was the 15th they played Brooklyn. He got 24 minutes, 26 points, six rebounds, and five blocks. You give this yeah. guy minutes, he can still play. Are you still keeping an eye on him as well? Yeah, uh, he's definitely a guy also. Uh, I mean, on Sacramento, prob- like I probably not have, I don't have too much interest. Uh, I mean, I got Rashawn Holmes uh, from Shokan, and he's been a beast this year. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, Whiteside's only been playing like maybe 20 minutes max uh, on most nights. Um, but I mean, if he were if he were to leave town and go to a team that was willing to play him, even like twenty five to thirty minutes, uh, like you were saying, his stats could easily jump up in a lot of categories. Um, so if that were to happen, he's he's definitely somebody that uh, I'm look t- like keeping an eye on. Uh, and even if there's an injury uh, in Sacramento, definitely keeping an eye on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the trade deadline impacts fantasy as well. Yeah. Um, some players that, you know, haven't done shit all season might actually turn <laughs> around and do something cool. So yep. definitely something to watch for, especially those who are in the playoffs. We've got six teams now that have separated themselves by a game and a half. Um, let's go through some of these matchups and give me some thoughts on how each team did. Before yep. we do that, however, I do oh, yeah. have to touch <laughs> on the official statement. So Right before the pod, got a call from John Castaldo with an official statement of the Shiokuts Incorporated. So I'm going to read this. This is from John Castaldo himself. <laughs> Losing this past Sunday night by a field goal percentage of .002 was the lowest point I have ever experienced as a fantasy sports general manager. <laughs> if God is real, he is a real bastard with a sick sense of humor. However... If we had to lose, I'm glad it was to my 0801 brother, Nicholas Kappa, who I openly endorse as the biggest threat coming out of the Eastern Conference in this league. See you in week 12, John Shokan. Good luck to everyone else. Welcome to my world. That's (laughs) that's all I have to say. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's been some low lows for you and uh yeah that was crazy though in that matchup yeah that is that that was really really tight um and kappa getting his fifth in the row incredible yeah so let's go through some matchups um i don't want to talk too much about mine because haniel pulled it out but i mean haniel won by a slim margin he won by one three-pointer two steals i tried to scramble a little bit to get the win just didn't really work out um yeah and and by 17 points that was that was three categories that were so close for you yeah it it was a roller coaster type of week there was one day where i was down one seven and one the next day i was winning six to three um i i just had to kind of wait it out till the end and i ended up losing um haniel's not done yet he's won his second win in a row by again by that tight mark is that tight margin um the matchup mvp i'm gonna give to zion he had shot 61% from the field, got 12 boards, 16 assists, three blocks, and 89 points. Um, again, he's going to be a guy I'm going to target in the second or third round if he falls. Oh, yeah, far next definitely. Because Yeah, no, Haniel's team, Haniel's team's solid. I mean, he's got Zion, Kyrie, James Harden, Jalen Brown, even Harrison Barnes, someone that he took, what was it, 148th overall, yeah. like, for that, like he's gotten insane value out of Harrison Barnes. Yeah. Um, I mean, this, this it, is Harrison Barnes' best season. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I mean, Handel's record three and seven, obviously, it's not up there at like the top of the league. Um, but he's made some good moves. He's made some good draft picks. Uh, and obviously, like everybody said, he was contacted day of for the draft. So yeah. overall, for the season, I'd, I'd give it to Handel. I'd say he's, he's done a really good job at managing his team. Yeah, I agree. It's definitely not easy to get the day of call to try to join the <laughs> league, um, but I'm glad he's stuck with it, and I yep. hope he has a similar attitude as you, where 
even if he does get mathematically eliminated, you know, he'll stick with it and keep making pickups and yeah. you can count on him again for next year. Um, moving right along, Garrett's team also not out of it yet. He wins no. the five to four matchup against JP. Um, tough loss for JP. I know he's trying to make a little bit of an edge into the playoffs, but Garrett won by a healthy margin in five categories. Um, he did, yeah. MVP and all, all five categories, he all five categories, he pretty much like dominated in. Uh, like, I don't think there was really too many categories that were close in this one compared to a lot of the other matchups this week. Yeah. Um, but Hanuel or Hanuel, uh, Garrett's another team similar to Hanuel. Uh, obviously, first year in the league. Um, he's he's made some good draft picks, uh, made some good pickups. Uh, Darren Fox was an absolute beast this last week. Um, LeBron's LeBron. He's always doing LeBron things. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas was has been a beast, uh, especially this past week. Um, so yeah, I mean, he picked up Ricky Rubio also. I don't know if he picked up Rubio before the Russell injury or after, um, but either way, that that's a solid pickup there. Um, and I mean, it's tough losing Malik Beasley. Uh, for those 12 games or however many it was for the suspension. Um, but I mean, he's, he's also been a beast this year. Yeah. Yeah. Malik Beasley has been incredible shooting the three. Um, but yeah, my MVP of the week is going to be LeBron James. Obviously yep. the man is playing minutes more than anyone else had ever thought. The, the, <laughs> the narrative and the conversation of, you know, LeBron's not going to play that much this year. He's getting old. That all needs to stop. I know. <laughs> He's proving everyone wrong. He played 131 minutes this week, shot 52%, made eight threes, 30 rebounds, 28 assists, eight steals, five blocks, 97 points. <laughs> I mean, you, you can't ask much more from the guy. No. He really deserves to be drafted higher than he does every year. It seems like he, he just falls further and further. Yeah. I mean, every, like you said, everybody's always scared of the will he sit, will he be limited, but I don't know. Yeah. LeBron's LeBron, so – you can never count them out. Right. I know. The best players always play. Yep. Next matchup is going to be Ian and Benny. This was my matchup pick of the week. Ian yep. takes the win five to four. Um, he won by two points and a healthy lead in four other categories. He moves into the second seed of the playoffs. How excited are you about this Ian team, Joe? I'm a, I'm a big fan of Ian's team. Um, I mean, he made, like you said, he made that trade earlier in the, in the year, um, even though Andrew Wiggins might not be doing what he was doing when he made the trade. Uh, he definitely helped Ian where he needed the help. Uh, he was saying he made the trade for blocks. I mean, Wiggins is averaging over a block a game this year. Um, and that's with him getting only two blocks in his last six games. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, he's definitely uh, doing what Ian traded for him to do. Um, Murray's been a beast. Uh, Randall is, has been an absolute monster, uh, especially for where Ian took him in the draft. Um, Darius Garland, that was a really good, uh, draft pick. Uh, I mean, I'm in, an, in another league and people like Darius Garland just went undrafted. Um, so the fact that Ian drafted him, uh, I mean, he, he's been out a little bit. Uh, I mean, right now he ranks as the 29th point guard. Um, but he's somebody that I'm definitely high on. Uh, whether it's this year or just in the future with the Cavs team. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Uh, I mean, Lillard, Mitchell, and also Vucevic. Uh, I feel like like Ian took him 31st. I feel like he's another player that is honestly, like people don't value him as high as they should. I feel like he sh- he's an easy second rounder, but he's, some, he's usually never even taken in the second round. He's usually third, fourth rounder. Um, but I don't know. Vucevic is just a beast. I don't know if he's going to be on the magic next year, but he's just a monster. Yeah, he is. I think he does benefit a little bit of being on the magic where there's not really much star power around and true. Pretty much all the offense has to go through him a lot of the time. Um, but yeah, he's been incredible for years. Vucevic is always someone you can rely on this week. I gave the MVP to Julius Randall just absolutely had a monster week. Um, and shout out to the Knicks. They're actually playing pretty well. Um, getting wins with Thibodeau. Thibodeau is just playing everyone 35 minutes a night. Um, <laughs> Carolyn's Noel gets 39 minutes with back-to-back games. Pretty yep. crazy. Julius Randle this week, 146 minutes, 49% from the field, 84% free throw, 10 threes, 42 rebounds, 
23 assists, seven steals, and 99 points. Um, just category monster this year. Oh, yeah. Honestly, and honestly, his assists, I think that's what is just surprising me the most. Like, he's averaging five and a half assists a game. Like, I don't, I don't know. He just improved so much uh, this year. Uh, it's yeah. fun to watch. I mean, you and you and me are Celtics fans, so I can't say I want the Knicks to do that well. Um, <laughs> but I mean, he's he's been a beast, uh, and it's definitely fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, next matchup, Coots finally gets a win. I'm sure he's relieved. Um, <laughs> he ends up winning by 12 points and healthy leads in four other categories. Or I'm sorry, I'm reading the wrong the wrong uh, sheet. That's Ian's sheet. Uh, but yeah, Coots back on the W train. Four three pointers made for the win. Uh, I'm giving the MVP to Brad Beal for just an incredible monster week. Yeah. Um, but Coots must be feeling really good to finally get back in that win column. Yeah, I'll say I was definitely rooting really hard for Beelu in this one. Uh, my only hope at the playoffs uh, coming into last week was if Coots lost every single matchup for the rest of the year. <laughs> so as soon as Coots won a single matchup, I was, I was eliminated. Uh, I mean, I also had to win out um, the year. So there's definitely a lot that had to be done for me to make the playoffs. Um, but I, I was rooting for Bilu. Um, but I mean, now that I'm eliminated, uh, I'm just, I'm just going to see what happens, but I mean, Coots, he has a good team. He has a really good team. Yeah. And he's been good all year. Um, he, team kind of underperformed the past two weeks and, and they've slipped a little bit but it seems like he's gotten back to his winning ways let's see if he can do it for the last three weeks um the second to last matchup we'll go through right before yours we'll finish off with is kappa yep. and shio Kutz inc after yeah. the shout out kappa's team wins its fifth in a row winning by 0. 0.0021 <laughs> field goal percentage that hurts. Given the MVP to Steph Curry this week for hitting 13 threes and eight steals, 94% from the free throw line. Um, but, you know, Kappa's team just absolutely on a roll. Yep. And Kappa was also coming into Sunday. Kappa's team was down seven categories to two. So wow. the fact that he was able to switch it around and win five to four is, is really impressive. Uh, he over, I mean, he won by that 0. .002 field goal percentage, and that's one of the categories that he wasn't winning going into Sunday. Hmm. Uh, so, I mean, that's just a, a stinger for Castaldo and Mark. Um, but he also overtook steals and points uh, on the final day. So definitely a big day uh, for Kappa and, and an overall big week for him to keep his win streak. Yeah, huge, huge week for him. Shout out to Buddy Heald dropping 30 points on Sunday with a 58% from the field. Um, yep. He doesn't usually do that on an everyday basis. So I think that, <laughs> hey, that right yeah. there, that might've won him the week. Yeah, exactly. Jason Tatum also shot 54% that night. Um, he's been struggling with his percentages and efficiency this yep. season. So yeah, Coppola really just pulled it out in the end um, and he keeps winning. I, I'd like to, I'd love to see how far this goes. Yeah. So finally, no, he's got a really good squad. Yeah, he does. So finally, we'll finish up, finish up with the last matchup and the probably the biggest win of the season, I would say. <laughs> I, I said it in the group chat. I said, <laughs> I said upset of the year. And, you know, I manifested it. It happened. It happened. <laughs> um, yeah, Joe fights off Shokan with two extra blocks, getting them on Sunday. Joel Embiid, got to give him the MVP of the week. He, he's yeah. an absolute monster at this oh, yeah. point. Yep. Um, and honestly, going into Sunday, uh, I was losing three to six. Um, but I got a, like we've talked about, like I try to pick up players and everybody picks up players to like kind of maximize like games played, maximize minutes and everything. Mm. But on Sunday, it actually worked in my favor to not have as many players. Uh, I mean, I picked up Naz Reed uh, on Sunday just because I knew that he would uh, help me out in the field goal. Uh, percentage department um but Shokan uh I mean he had two games that were postponed but other than that he had a full squad uh where I was I only had five players um and with that uh he racked up what was it 19 turnovers to my three turnovers 
Wow. Um, so with that, uh, I overtook the turnover category. Um, and then field goal percentage, that was also close. I mean, he lost by 0.009 percentage in the field yeah. goal department. Uh, so it was a grind the whole week. Uh, I mean, I made six different pickups. Uh, I feel like every week I'm always up there in like six, seven pickups. Um, but yeah, it, it was a grind, but I'm happy that uh, I was able to finally uh, get one in the W column. Yeah, finally, right? I mean, <laughs> you're going to lose so many on the margins every single week. I, I know. The week where it finally pays off, you get the yep. big guy. Um, and Shokan falls to eight and two. I think that Castaldo's little announcement, official statement that I just read is a big shot at John Shokan. Again, <laughs> uh, Castaldo said that Nick Kappa is, he's openly endorsing him as the biggest threat coming out of the Eastern Conference. Oh, wow. Mind you that Shokan is also in the <laughs> Conference. So shots fired a little bit there. Oh, wow. um, we're really getting down to it. We've got three weeks to go, Joe. We've got yeah. six teams that have pretty much separated themselves from the field. Um, that's in the East, Shokan, Kappa, and the Hebrew Hammer, Benny Levinson. In the West, yeah. we've got Ian, Kutz, and John and Mark. Um, now that we are starting to get close to the playoffs, we're starting to see the repercussions of adding the fifth and sixth playoff teams and taking away two weeks from the regular season. Yeah. Now that we're sitting at this spot, Joe, are you a fan of the expanded playoffs? Why or why not? Uh, I am a fan. Um, I mean, I know last season we had the four teams make it with the one week matchup. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, like, first off, just adding the two week playoff matchups was definitely something that we needed to do. Um, like, people made the argument, uh, what if, like, like if Kappa makes it and he has Steph Curry and he only plays two games that week, like you kind of get screwed over just because of the schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think having the two, the two week matchups is definitely needed just to get a fair like view of who actually is the better team. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of adding six players, uh, I'm also a fan of that over four. Uh, I will say when we did the vote, I voted for four teams, but two week matchups. Um, but obviously six team two week matchups is what won. Um, I only, I kind of did that just because we've been doing the, the four teams make it and it was kind of just how our league was. And I, I kind of just wanted to keep it. Hmm. Um, but like ever since we moved over to six teams, I'm definitely a fan. I mean, pretty much every other fantasy league, whether it's uh, football, basketball, baseball, it has six teams make it. Um, I, it definitely helps uh, keep everybody competitive just because it adds two more players that are going to make it. Um, so I'm definitely a fan of it. Um, hopefully next season we can get a full 82 games in, which could hopefully get us an extra matchup or two um, in the regular season and also keep the six team two week matchups. Uh, yeah, true. But I mean, for this season, uh, like just on a one off, uh, I, I think it was definitely a good idea. Yeah, I agree. It's a good year to try it out. And you're right. Next year, when we do have a full 82 game season, maybe we could do the 16 playoffs again and then not take away from the regular season. Because like right now, at this point in the schedule, this is where taking those two extra week, those two extra weeks, it actually hurts the rest of the week. But I agree with you. It's brought the competitive level up. Um, It's kept everyone involved. I mean, if there really was just four teams, we were looking at Shokan, Kappa, Ian, and Coots. Um, John and Mark would be fighting, and Benny would be fighting. Other than that, everyone else would pretty much just be taking a back seat. Um, yeah. And not everyone might have the attitude of, hey, I'm just going to keep playing. I'm going to keep like switching my lineups and picking up players and, and trying to make a, any sort of change or wiggle room. Um, so you might have weeks that are just a blow off like we'd had last year or in previous seasons, you know, you, exactly. you might know on Monday night that you're going to win. And then you're already counting your, your wins and counting up the, the standings out on how everything plays out. So yeah, um, good to see that we've had a really high level of competition this year. Um, and in a season, that's kind of been a struggle for you, Joe, versus those seasons in the past where you found success. What's something this year that you've learned more than others? 
Yeah. Um, so for like something that I learned that I'm definitely going to bring into the draft, uh, like I, I mentioned it earlier when talking about my draft, um, sometimes, especially in category drafts, um, I can tend to try to dominate in every category. I could be like, oh, well, I could get Embiid who's going to dominate in these categories and then just try to try to draft other players that might not build on the stats that Embiid is already dominating in, mm-hmm. which like I was saying, I, I got Westbrook with the assist where I could have gotten somebody else that might have gotten some blocks or, or anything like that. Um, so I think just going into the draft, uh, maybe not with a set, like set categories of what I'm going to tank, but after I make my first pick, after I make my second pick, kind of seeing what their weaknesses are uh, and then kind of just during the draft, just kind of not avoiding those, but definitely not making that like my point of emphasis. Yeah. I agree that that's a really good tip. That's something that I actually had prepared for this season's draft. And I just pulled up my uh, spreadsheet that I had prepared. Um, I actually had a short lineup of, Hey, if I was able to get the pick and able to get Giannis, I was prepared to do a free throw punt. I had a list of, Hey, here's Giannis, Bam, Ben Simmons, Andre Drummond, De'Aaron Fox, Jalen Brown, Miles Turner. If I had gotten those, in the first seven rounds, I would be set. They do everything else and your punt free throws. I think it's a good tip for everyone thinking about next season, those that are not in the playoffs or even if they are in the playoffs and they want to be that number one seed like Shokan for next year, start to incorporate that. Start to have these lineups prepared. And based on your pick, you could already know what picks you're going to make just on the player. Um, yeah. So it, that's a, that's a good point as well. Um, but Joe, I think that's just about everything from me on my end. Um, any, uh, any closing thoughts or statements for the rest I of do, the year or rest of the league? I do just have a couple of questions for you. Ooh, um, <laughs> questions for so, me. I don't get that often. <laughs> yeah. I'm interviewing, I'm interviewing you now, Fletch. Let's go. <laughs> this is like uh it's like the episode of the office where, <laughs> where Jim is like, no, Dwight, I'm interviewing you now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, cause I've gotten a couple of texts uh, from some of the league members um, in the past, I'd say week hmm. um, just regarding trades. Mm-hmm. So I was just curious, what are your thoughts and opinions on someone like me, like making a trade or considering a trade, even though I'm not even in like the hunt for the playoffs? Um, Like personally, I'm okay with any trade from any team, as long as it makes sense, honestly. I mean, at this point in the year, I know that you're not going to be making a push, but like, let's say, um, Coots tries to reach out to you. Coots, you know, gets a win this week, but he was in a little bit of a skid and he's trying to make his team better any way that he can, right? As long as you're not giving away Joel Embiid and Tobias yeah. Harris <laughs> for like his 13th and 12th best, best players, like right. then I'm pretty much okay. Like I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. Um, just as long as it's like nothing ridiculous. Like as long as there's, it's not like, okay, this is clearly collusion. Right. Yeah. Like, okay. like if you make a trade with Shokan tomorrow, you trade him, Joel Embiid, and Tobias Harris, and then you and Shokan have like a backdoor deal where, hey, if I win, I'll split the pot with you. Yeah. Like that's clearly collusion. Of That'll course. ruin any league. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Overall, I'm always okay with trades across the board. Um, it's just you know we, we're gonna monitor everything that comes through, and I think that people should if other members of the league do see these trades that could be deemed as, you know, some sort of collusion, then mm-hmm. they, uh, they, you know, respond properly and deny it. <laughs> right. That's fair. That's fair. Um, all right. And then just one last thing that I wanted to throw out there, uh, probably wouldn't be, I mean, I guess it could be uh, if the league was interested um, for next season, but I was thinking maybe the the following year after that, um, what are your thoughts on doing a draft lottery? A draft lottery. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Explain. So, I mean, pretty much, uh, I mean, just like the, the way that the NBA lottery works. I mean, I guess, I don't know. I, it was just a thought I had because I guess some people might not like the first pick as much mm-hmm. as like 
a real life NBA team might like the first pick. Um, but I was just, it was just a thought that I had, uh, not because I'm the worst team and I want Luka Doncic or, or, uh, Jokic next year or anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I was just curious. Uh, I mean, we could talk about it uh, with the league and see if there's any thoughts that they have for, for ways to like determine draft order, uh, as opposed to just having ESPN or, or whatever, uh, platform we wind up using, uh, just like randomize it an hour beforehand. Um, but it was just a thought I had of, of a way to kind of switch up uh, how we determine like draft order. Yeah, I think it'd be really cool. Um, I think that if we decided as a league to shift more of that dynasty perspective and actually have keepers in the league, I think that element of of the uh, what were we just talking about? The lottery. Yes, <laughs> the element of the lottery would make a lot of sense, right? Because yeah. then the teams that are just tanking wouldn't be able to get the number one pick the next year. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that it's a cool little element to think about and definitely vote on as a league. Um, yeah. I'm always for adding elements that make things more interesting and keep people involved. So I think it's something that's definitely you know, Benny and I should discuss and then put out as a vote. There's, there's plenty of things that I think we're going to discuss for this year. Yeah, definitely. Definitely going to be a lot of voting going on. Yeah. Yeah. I think that maybe shifting away from ESPN could be one conversation. Um, I think the dynasty league perspective is cool and that keeps people involved and it's a little more long-term. I think there's, you know, little minute things you can do with taking away the, the conferences, the East and the West. I think mm-hmm. there's things you can do with um, adding just, you know, an extra IR spot, which for this year we, we probably should have added another one, but yeah. um, you know, I think that going into next year, if everyone that's listening stays involved, yeah, we, we could make a lot of movement. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I appreciate the questions, Joe. This yeah. is the uh, the Joe Ingles Pringles podcast. <laughs> hey, I will I will also say next year there might be a uh, there might be a name change because Joe Ingles Pringles that was my name last year. Okay. Uh, drafted Joe Ingles this year. You know I had to draft Joe Ingles. My it was in my team name. Uh, but I don't know. I draft or I dropped him pretty early on. So maybe Joe Ingles is just uh, screwing me over, and he <laughs> he's the the reason why I've lost all the matchups. So yeah. We'll have to see what happens with my team. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm interested to see what you end up changing the name to Joe. Um, And I I appreciate you coming on. It's really good to see you. It's been almost a year since I've seen you and your your beautiful bearded face. I I appreciate (laughs) the time, my man. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Joe. I'll catch you later. Everyone else have a great night. Enjoy the week. And we'll talk to you next Monday. Awesome. See you, Fletch. See you, Joe.